Building a portfolio with Fidelity Basket Portfolios is kind of like making a sandwich. It's as simple as picking your stocks and ETFs, sort of like your meats and other topics, and managing it as one big, juicy investment. Mmm, now that's pretty good. Learn more at fidelity.com slash baskets. Investing involves risk, including risk of loss. Fidelity Brokerage Services, LLC. Member NYSC SIPC. Good Thursday morning, a major border restriction now just hours away from being lifted. Cities and towns along the border bracing for what's to come. It is May 11th. This is Today. Deadline day. Title 42 set to expire tonight. Migrant crossings expected to surge as officials and U.S. troops along the southern border race to prepare. The crisis is soon to become a catastrophe. Where they are live with the very latest. Defiant, Donald Trump addressing a town hall filled with supporters doubling down on lies about the 2020 election and the January 6th insurrection. They were there with love in their heart. That was an unbelievable and it was a beautiful day. His answers about the debt limit fight, the war in Ukraine and being found liable for sexual abuse, provoking strong reaction overnight. So how will it all play out to voters? Under fire, Congressman George Santos arrested on 13 federal charges, including fraud and money laundering, vowing not to resign. I'm going to fight the witch hunt. I'm going to take care of clearing my name, and I look forward to doing that. The years in prison he faces and what Republican leaders are now saying about his future on Capitol Hill. Back in the headlines, a new twist in the nearly 20-year-old disappearance of Natalie Holloway. Joran Vandersloot, the prime suspect, set to be extradited to the U.S. today. The charges he now faces in connection with that infamous case. All that plus glaring problem. Oh, this one for sure. Much, much brighter. Those new LED headlights leading to close calls and crashes on roads across the country. Just ahead, a first-hand look at the safety concerns and a potential solution. Notice how it's got a shadow on it now. Yeah. Oh, interesting. And from coast to coast, big wins for the New York Knicks and the Golden State Warriors. To stay alive in the NBA playoffs, we'll have the highlights today, Thursday, May 11th. 2023. From NBC News, this is Today with Savannah Guthrie and Hoda Kotb, live from Studio 1A in Rockefeller Plaza. Good morning. Welcome to today. So glad to have you with us on this Thursday morning. We have a lot to get to this morning. Our top story, that looming deadline at the southern border. U.S. troops in Texas seen reinforcing the actual fence in anticipation of Title 42's end. That comes at midnight tonight. Title 42. This is the COVID era restriction used during the pandemic to quickly turn away migrants at the border, citing health concerns. The current surge of migrants we're seeing happening in part because once Title 42 is lifted tonight, some migrants will be able to stay in the U.S. until their status is resolved rather than being instantly turned away. All right, so border officials say there could be tens of thousands of migrants in northern Mexico right now waiting to cross that border. NBC senior national correspondent Tom Yamas is in Juarez, Mexico for us. Hey, Tom, good morning. 
Hey, Hoda, good morning to you. Title 42 may expire tonight, but this morning we are already seeing the changes on the border. I'll remind our viewers, this is exactly where we were yesterday on the Today Show. This is Juarez, that's El Paso, and this section of the border has transformed overnight. Let me show you. We now see troops armed with machine guns patrolling that barbed wire fence. We're also seeing extra layers of security. A taller fence has been put behind the barbed wire. And finally, the most striking difference that we've noticed a light that was over the entryway of the border wall has been shut off, likely in the sign that things were about to change. Overnight, the border getting fresh reinforcements. Armed U.S. troops building a new layer of barbed wire fencing just steps from Juarez. With the pandemic-era Title 42 set to expire at midnight, the crowds of migrants gathering here are growing. Border officials estimate up to 65,000 migrants may be in northern Mexico waiting to cross. This places an incredible strain on our personnel, our facilities, and our communities. On Tuesday, more than 11,000 illegal border crossings in just 24 hours. We have a dangerous and deadly national security crisis unfolding at our southern border. And the crisis is soon to become a catastrophe. Desperate scenes in El Paso, including children living on the streets. At the border, a confusing scene. Migrants waiting for days to get processed, but access to entry points in some ways opening up. It's unclear why, but it's probably for safety reasons that a portion of that barbed wire fence, which is on the U.S. side just before the border wall, has been cut out. Now migrants who cross illegally can freely walk up to that border wall in hopes of somehow being processed. And the journey to the border not getting any easier, even for those just steps from the U.S. Extreme winds kicking up blinding dust, blanketing everything in sand. And those that do make it over will find new rules post-Title 42. In an attempt to monitor the countless families crossing illegally, ICE now announcing they will offer a new alternative to detention, including a GPS monitor for the head of the household and a curfew. But families that don't qualify for asylum will be deported. You think it's going to be harder to get in? The end of Title 42 worries the Castro family. For five months, they've lived in a shelter, escaping a cartel they say wanted to kidnap their 13-year-old daughter. They registered for an asylum hearing this Saturday using the new CBP app, though they say they had to take a class to learn how to use it. Do you think you're going to get asylum? All right, uh, Tom, and we're learning that the Biden administration is going to unveil a new plan to deal with that surge at the border. What did we know about it? Yeah, in some cases, we've learned the Biden administration is actually going to release migrants into the U.S. with no court dates and no real way to track them. Now, the Homeland Security director tells us, Homeland Security secretary, I should say, tells us that this is only a fraction of the migrants here at the border. But there's so many people trying to come in, Hoda. It's unclear what that number is going to be like. And it no doubt is going to be a flashpoint continuing in this debate over immigration. All right, Tom Yamas for there in Juarez. Uh, Tom, thank you. The battle over the border was among the issues addressed by former President Trump during a televised town hall in New Hampshire last night. The event, packed with Trump supporters, both closely watched and immediately controversial, with Trump renewing a number of false claims. NBC's senior Capitol Hill correspondent Garrett Hakes on the story. Garrett, good morning.
Hey, Savannah, good morning. Yeah, Mr. Trump appeared at this CNN town hall in New Hampshire, where the audience, according to CNN, was made up of likely Republican and undecided voters. But it was clear this crowd was all in for Trump, cheering him on as he repeated lies about the 2020 election, dug in on January 6th and on his civil rape trial, and on many of the issues that could decide whether voters will send him back to the Oval Office. Overnight, former President Donald Trump, the Republican frontrunner, showing voters he hasn't changed. Mr. Trump again pushing lies and conspiracy theories about the 2020 election he lost, and going further in his support of people convicted of crimes related to the January 6th attack on the Capitol. I am inclined to pardon many of them. I can't say for every single one, because a couple of them, probably they got out of control. I would say it will be a large portion of them. You know, they did a very... And it'll be very early on. The former president also describing his supporters who attacked the Capitol on that day, which left five people dead, this way. They were there with love in their heart. That was an unbelievable and it was a beautiful day. He refused to give an answer on whether he'd back U.S. ally Ukraine. Can you say if you want Ukraine or Russia to win this war? I want everybody to stop dying. Russia invaded Ukraine over a year ago, and the U.S. has backed Ukraine throughout its resistance in one of the major conflicts Mr. Trump would face as president. On another, the economy, Mr. Trump downplaying the consequences of America defaulting on its debts. I say to the Republicans out there, if they don't give you massive cuts, you're going to have to do a default. But while he was president, Republicans voted to raise the debt ceiling three times, allowing the country to borrow more money to avoid default. Economists say defaulting could trigger a massive recession and lost jobs. Pressed on whether he would sign a federal abortion ban in the wake of the Supreme Court overturning Roe v. Wade, Mr. Trump refused to say. President Trump is going to make a determination what he thinks is great for the country. The audience seeming very supportive of Mr. Trump, cheering and laughing throughout the event, including when he continued to attack E. Jean Carroll, just one day after a New York jury found him liable for sexually abusing her in 1996 and for defaming her in his denials of the assault. And I swear to I have no idea who the hell... She's a whack job. you... President Biden's campaign responding to the town hall overnight with a tweet reading, it's simple, folks. Do you really want four more years of that? While urging people who don't to donate to his reelection. Savannah. All right, Garrett. Hey, thank you very much. Meantime, disgraced Republican Congressman George Santos is free on bond this morning after being indicted on an array of federal charges, including fraud, misusing campaign contributions and lying to Congress. NBC Stephanie Gosk was at the courthouse here in New York, got details for us. Hey, Steph, good morning. Hey, Hoda, good morning. George Santos's hearing lasted just 10 minutes with federal prosecutors laying out a laundry list of very serious charges against him. Most defendants in a federal case might run from the cameras, but when the hearing was over, Santos went straight to them and vowed he was going to fight. George Santos mobbed by cameras outside federal court moments after pleading not guilty to 13 federal charges. I'm going to fight the witch and I'm going to take care of clearing my name and I look forward to doing that. The freshman congressman says he won't resign and intends to run for re-election, even posting on Twitter moments after his indictment looking for campaign donations. House Speaker Kevin McCarthy, who has not called on Santos to resign, made it clear his support would come to an end in the next election. Are you going to support him? 
You're not. Federal prosecutors accuse Santos of wire fraud, money laundering, making false statements to the House of Representatives, and theft of public funds. Among the accusations, he collected over $24,000 in New York unemployment benefits during the pandemic, even though he was earning $120,000 from a company in Florida. Santos also allegedly used thousands of dollars in campaign contributions to pay for personal expenses, like credit card payments and designer clothes, according to the indictment. Congressman, did you take campaign donations and use that money to buy expensive suits? No, I did not. This campaign was never about In the 2022 me. midterms, Santos became the first openly gay Republican elected to Congress. But he ran on a made-up resume, including a college degree he never received and jobs on Wall Street he never had, ultimately admitting that some of it was fabricated. Did I embellish my resume? Yes, I did. And I'm sorry. After the federal indictment was unsealed, residents in Santos's district mostly split along party lines. He definitely should not be in office. This is not someone that I want to represent me. If he has to quit for lying, everybody else does. We're going to have an empty capital. Congressman Santos has been released on a $500,000 bond. His travel will be restricted from New York to D.C., and he had to turn over his passport. His next court date is June 30th. Photo. All right, Steph, thank you. Turning now to a new development in a case we've been following for nearly 20 years, the unsolved disappearance of Natalie Holloway. Overnight, we've learned that the prime suspect is now set to be extradited to the United States. NBC's Kristen Dahlgren's got the very latest for us this morning. Kristen, good morning to you. Good morning, Savannah. Well, Natalie Holloway would be 36 years old today. Her case the subject of endless media attention over the years. It's been more than a decade since Joran van der Sloot was federally charged in the U.S. for wire fraud and extortion. He's in prison in Peru for the murder of another woman, but will now face those charges here after the government of Peru agreed to extradite him. Nearly 20 years since the sudden disappearance of 18-year-old Natalie Holloway, Joran Vandersloot, the prime suspect in the case, according to authorities, will be sent to Birmingham, Alabama, where he'll face federal wire fraud and extortion charges dating back to 2010. Overnight, the government of Peru approving his temporary extradition. Vandersloot was seen leaving a nightclub with Holloway in May of 2005, the night she vanished. No one has ever been charged in her disappearance, and her body was never found. In 2012, an Alabama judge signed an order declaring Holloway legally dead. Natalie's mother, Beth Holloway, releasing a statement overnight, writing in part, It has been a very long and painful journey, but the persistence of many is going to pay off. Adding, Together, we are finally getting justice for Natalie. In 2010, Vandersloot allegedly reached out to the Holloway's attorney, promising to not only explain what happened to Natalie, but where to find her remains, in exchange for a quarter of a million dollars. Vandersloot was wired $25,000 as part of an FBI sting, eventually leading to the current wire fraud and extortion charges against him. Authorities believe Vandersloot used the money to flee to Peru, where months later he was arrested for the murder of 21-year-old Stephanie Flores, who died on the fifth anniversary of Natalie's disappearance. He was convicted in 2012 and has been serving a 28-year prison sentence. Beth Holloway talking to Savannah in 2015. Does it feel like justice to you that he is in jail right now, even if not for the, the killing of your daughter? Justice is being served for Stephanie. But until Iran faces the extortion charges in the U.S., then justice is not being served for Natalie. 
NBC News has reached out to his U.S. attorney for comment, but no response. Overnight, Peru's ambassador to the U.S. released a statement that reads in part, we hope that this action will enable a process that will help to bring peace to Mrs. Holloway and to her family who are grieving in the same way that the Flores family in Peru is grieving for the loss of their daughter, Stephanie. Guys, back to you. Kristen, thank you. Let's move now to a major decision impacting millions of women all across the country. An FDA panel voting unanimously to recommend the first ever over-the-counter birth control pill, saying the benefits outweigh the risks. Opil is a contraceptive that has no age restrictions and has been available for years just by prescription. Advocates say the change would significantly expand access, especially for young women. NBC News medical contributor Dr. Natalie Azar joins us now. We knew that there was going to be some kind of a decision yesterday, but what went into it? What was the thought process? Well, remember going into it, the FDA was basically asked to weigh in on whether they thought that uh, a woman could safely and effectively take this oral contraceptive over the counter without the assistance of a health care provider, and also whether or not that woman would be able to self-identify herself as someone who may not be a candidate for taking this medication. Mm-hmm. And after a thorough you know, review of the data, they basically came to the conclusion that the risk of harm was far, far less than the potential for benefit mm-hmm. in reducing unintended pregnancies, improving reproductive autonomy, and really expanding access, and particularly to marginalized communities. You know, there is this thing that we have about 19 million women in this country who live in areas that are called contraceptive deserts, mm-hmm. where there is just very, very little access to reproductive you know, care and health mm-hmm. clinics and providers who can provide this kind of reproductive care. Mm-hmm. So the advisory board says yes. yes. Then what happens and how soon might this be available for, upon final approval? Right. So the presumption is that when the FDA think, makes its final decision over the summer, that they will follow the advisory committee's recommendations. It's not a foregone conclusion, but we're assuming, given that it was a unanimous vote, mm-hmm. that the FDA will likely sign off on it. After that, we can expect it to be on store shelves, probably in short order, but that's the way it's going to go. In terms of cost, mm-hmm. we don't know exactly yet. It needs to be priced equitably. You know, the majority of states in this country don't mandate that over-the-counter um, medications are covered by insurance, so we'll see. I mean, there's no point in having it on store shelves if people can't afford right. it. So, you know, the drug company has also said that they'd like to provide consumer assistance, so fingers crossed it will be something that most women can afford. Okay. All right, Dr. Azar, thank you. you All right, time mm-hmm. now for our first check of the weather, 18 minutes after the hour. Al is doing great. He's home from He's his already knees, home. Yes. Little Only Al. Do you have any, yeah. any doubt? I'm no. surprised. He's not here right now. Up and walking (laughs) already as well on that new knee. But Dylan, good to have you here. Nice to be here. I'm so glad Al is doing just fine. I'm sure he's watching. So good morning, buddy. Uh, We do have some rain and uh, storms in the forecast for today. The heaviest of the rain will be down across the southern plains. And then most of the storms we see today will be right through the central plains. So we've got this area that includes uh, west central Kansas, also stretching down to include Oklahoma City, where we could see once again large hail, perhaps two inches or more in diameter. We could even see a few ice isolated tornadoes and wind gusts up to 60 miles per hour. Right in through here, this hatched mark, that's where we have our best chance of seeing some stronger uh, tornadoes develop later on this afternoon into this evening. Then as we go into tomorrow, this area splits up a little bit and moves a little farther to the east. So Des Moines, Kansas City, we could see our strongest storms there tomorrow, along with areas across central Texas and into parts of uh, south central Oklahoma, too. As for rain, we could see as much as seven to up to 10 inches of rain in parts of Texas. So that's an area that has already seen a lot of rain recently, and we could see some flooding because of that. And that's your latest forecast. Thank you, Dylan. Thank you, Dylan. Still ahead this morning. New developments to tell you about in that strange case out of Utah. The author of a children's book on grief 
now charged with her husband's murder. His family is speaking out now, and Aaron McLaughlin is on the story again for us. Hi, Aaron. Hey, Savannah, that's right. The family of Eric Richens is now saying they've long believed his wife to be involved in his death. I'll also have more on those court documents with new details about the couple's troubled past. Guys. All right, Aaron, thanks. And then we're going to shine a light on a highway hazard, those newer headlights that can be blinding to other drivers. Well, this morning, the crashes they are continuing to contribute to what's being done to fix the problem. But first, this is Today on NBC. When you're hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search. Match. With Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging to connect with candidates faster. Plus, 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is Constantly learning from your preferences. Join more than three and a half million businesses worldwide that use Indeed. Listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash today. Just go to Indeed.com slash today right now and support this show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Indeed.com slash today. Conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. We are back mm-hmm. 730. Oh, put a little pep in your step. Pretty plaza. And this time tomorrow, uh-huh. that plaza will be packed because it's going to be happening live. The Jonas Brothers right <laughs> here. What a beautiful spring day out on our plaza. Great to have people here. And they should really just stay here. Get a little caught. Why not? If that's allowed. Why not? And stay because tomorrow is going to be our first summer concert. It's going to be an amazing group. I know a lot of people are already talking about lining up, so we can't wait for them. Craig, by the way, on assignment, but he's coming back for the big concert. No one's going to miss it. Won't be missing that one. Got a lot to get to, guys, in this half hour. We're going to start with new developments in that headline-making case in Utah. A children's book author now charged with murdering her own husband. Well, this morning we're learning more about the investigation and hearing from the victim's family. NBC's Erin McLaughlin's got the latest. Erin, good morning. Good morning, guys. In the years since her husband's death, Corey Richens had published a book about the grief felt by their children. Now we're learning his family had always suspected she may have been involved in his murder. As court documents reveal new details about the successful businessman's alleged concern for the family's finances. It has been more than a year since the death of Eric Richens. Now the family of the father of three is speaking out, saying they've long been suspicious of his wife, Corey. Does Eric's family believe Corey killed him? I think the family has always felt that Corey was somehow involved in his death. The 33-year-old real estate agent turned children's book author has been charged with his murder. Police alleging she poisoned her 39-year-old husband last March with a massive dose of fentanyl. And according to court documents, Eric's family told investigators it may not have been the first time she'd poisoned him. He felt like Corey was trying to kill him and that if he did die, that she should be investigated for that. Investigators say Eric had recently changed his will and life insurance from his wife to his sister and was looking into a divorce. 
Two of Eric's friends told detectives he was worried that Corey would kill him for the money and wanted to ensure his kids were taken care of financially. It completely took us all by shock. As Richens was writing this children's book about grief, even promoting it on local TV, investigators were looking into the couple's troubled past. This whole entire place will uh, sleep up to 60 people. The listing agent telling NBC News Corey is currently selling this house, purchased just a week after her husband's death. Detectives say the couple had argued about the property, which Corey wanted to flip. The agent says this rendering shows plans for a four to six million dollar renovation of the 10 acre estate. But police say Eric told his family he no longer wanted to buy the house because it would lose a significant amount of money. The day after Eric was found dead, investigators say Corey reached a deal on the home. And that same day, threw a party at her house where she was drinking and celebrating with friends. The family felt right at the outset that this had to be a suspicious death. Now with Corey behind bars awaiting her next court hearing, the Richens family is hopeful. Justice will finally bring an end to Eric's tragic story. Aaron, investigators have also talked about text messages sent by Corey Richens on the night of her husband's death. Have you learned more about that? Yeah, Savannah, according to the arrest warrant, the night of the alleged murder, Corey was texting one of her best friends, the friend later telling police she couldn't remember what they'd been messaging about. When police asked the friend to see the texts, they'd mysteriously gone missing. Corey Richens has not entered a plea, but is expected in court next week. Her attorney declined to comment on the case. Savannah? A lot of moving pieces there, Erin. Thank you. All right. Still ahead, a promising breakthrough for families dealing with peanut allergies, a patch that could potentially save your child's life, how it works, and how soon it could be available. But first, Vicki Wynn is shining a light, literally, mm -hmm. on a major problem on our nation's roads. Blinded by the lights, you are not alone. I'm Vicki Wynn with more on what is causing all that glare, plus new technology that could make it a lot safer for drivers and pedestrians. That's coming up next, right here on Today. Hey everyone, it's Ted from Consumer Cellular, the guy in the orange sweater, and this is your wake-up call. If you're paying too much for wireless service, you don't have to keep having that nightmare. Consumer Cellular has the same fast, reliable coverage as the leading carriers for less. And for a limited time, new customers receive their second month free when they sign up and use promo code MONTHFREE by May 31st. So why keep spending more than you have to? Seriously, wake up and call 1-888-FREEDOM or visit ConsumerCellular.com. Taxes, fees, and other third-party charges will apply. See website for additional details. Whether you're a morning person or a bedtime procrastinator, everyone deserves a mattress that works for their style. And you'll find the best mattress for you at Ashley. The new Temper Adapt Collection at Ashley brings you one-of-a-kind body-conforming technology, making every sleep tailored to be your best. The collection also features cool-to-the-touch covers and motion absorption to help minimize sleep disruptions from partners, pets, or kids. Shop the all-new Temper Adapt Collection at Ashley in-store or online at ashley.com. Ashley, for the love of home.
We're back 739 in depth today and this morning. A potential danger for drivers and pedestrians is ultra bright headlights that can cause dangerous accidents. Yeah, the headlights in newer vehicles were designed to improve visibility, but now they are also having unintended consequences. Vicki joins us. She's shining a light on this highway hazard. Hey, Vic, good hey, morning. Good morning, Hoda and Savannah. You have likely experienced this yourself at home. Bright headlights shining into your rearview mirror or blinding you from oncoming traffic. Now, Regulators in Europe have found a solution. So why are we so behind here in the U.S.? We'll tell you what you can do right now to stay safe on the road. Social media is filled with photos and videos of blinding headlights. Watch these close calls apparently caused by the glare. This driver barely misses that pedestrian. Another near collision with an oncoming car. And this crash into a downed tree. The light does look much brighter. John Bolo is a scientist who studies lighting for the Mount Sinai School of Medicine's Light and Health Research Center. He says older headlights use halogen bulbs, which have a softer orange color. But newer ones are bluish white. You're creating a lot of glare for those other drivers. And a potentially dangerous situation. That's right. Bola showed us the difference firsthand with an older halogen headlamp and a newer LED, both emitting the same amount of light. I'm going to look at the warm light just to kind of get a sense. Okay, yeah, it's bright. Let me see what the LED light does. Oh, this one for sure. Much, much brighter. It hurts my eyes and actually I'm still seeing the spots from it. Why is it that they appear brighter? Well, our eyes are more sensitive to blue light. He says the issue is magnified when a headlight is out of alignment, a common problem. An NBC News analysis found only 10 states require annual inspections that check to see that headlights are aligned correctly, pointing straight out and down. Bulla shifts an LED headlight out of alignment by just a few degrees to show me what can happen on the road. Wow, so the LEDs are already quite bright, but when they're tilted up, you can't see anything else. This would be very dangerous if I were driving. He says another contributing factor, large trucks and SUVs, which made up 75% of all vehicle sales last year. Those taller vehicles mean headlights are higher and more likely to shine directly into the eyes of a driver in a smaller, lower vehicle. I couldn't see for five to ten seconds. Aaron Madrid totaled his Chevy Sonic in November when he says an oncoming pickup truck blinded him. By the time I was able to see, I had swerved into incoming traffic and then I ended up in a tree. Fortunately, he wasn't hurt. It just felt like lights out. But Ashanti Collins wasn't so lucky. She says in May 2021, the lights from an oncoming vehicle led to her crash. Was it just totally blinding? Yes, I couldn't see anything. That was the only thing I seen before I woke up on the side of the road in my car. She had to be airlifted to a hospital to treat a broken arm and dislocated wrist. When you looked at the pictures of your car, did you think it was a miracle that you survived that crash? Yes, definitely. Looking at the car, it was just insane. Experts and automakers agree the primary solution to this glaring problem is something called adaptive headlight technology. Right now, it's only available on test vehicles here in the U.S., but I'm going to show you how it works. I'm here in Virginia at the Audi U.S. headquarters to show you what the future of driving at night might look like. Audi's head of product management, Philip Brabeck, what did these lights do? Well, instead of thinking of a static light like a low beam and a high beam, think of it as a projector. There's 1.3 million micromirrors in each headlight that create this image. And it's not blinding other people. And it's not blinding other people. I get behind the wheel to see for myself. 
Wow. I can see yep. everything. <laughs> this experience of driving at night is completely different and so much better. I feel like a safer driver. Notice these arrows on the pavement. It's helping you stay within the lanes. As I pull onto the highway, the lights highlight my lane without affecting other drivers. Okay, so this so car now he got, in, got in front of me. And notice how it's got a shadow on him now. Yeah. Oh, interesting. But the real light show takes place on this dark, windy road. It almost feels like magic because of the amount of light that is being cast all over. I'm not used to seeing that as a driver. I switch cars so I can see what it's like to drive toward the test car with adaptive headlights. His high beams are on. Yes. But they're but not a problem not. for yep. me. Yep. Whereas this car behind him with the LEDs is quite bright. Yes. It's remarkable to see the difference. Do you think this technology is life-saving? Absolutely. And here's the thing. Adaptive headlights have been used in Europe and several other countries for about a decade now. But automakers and safety experts say red tape here in the United States means it could be years before we see this technology allowed on cars here. We have an in-depth article about why it's taken so long. You can find that on today.com. It seems like they should be rushing that. It's like a magic yes. trick. It works it's, like a dream. But until that happens, right. what can drivers do? The key here, according to, to the car experts, is you got to slow down when you're driving yeah. at night. Always look to the right. Don't look to the left when oncoming traffic is headed towards you. And don't wear sunglasses at night. Some people actually do that to what? deal with the headlights. Well, Corey Hart oh, does right. it, but other than that, <laughs> exactly. no one should do it. Good reference. Remember that song? We got it. Thank, Thank you. you. Good How story. Believe, how'd you pull that name out? I have no idea. That's the no. weirdest memory I, well, let me anybody. tell you, it was like five, going through the files and suddenly it was there. Occasionally it works. Remember that song, Dill? I do. That was very that impressive. Was, oh, thank I didn't know you. who sang it. Yeah. So, well, well done. <laughs> thank <Seth>. you. <laughs> uh, all right. We do have some strong storms right through the middle of the country expected today, especially this afternoon and evening when those storms develop. We could see large hail, damaging winds, and isolated, very strong tornadoes are possible, too, as these super stel- uh, supercells fire up. Then you go down along the Gulf Coast. That's where we're going to see most of our heavy rain. We've already had a lot of rainfall recently, so another couple of inches could cause some flooding there. In the northeast, up and down the east coast, It looks absolutely stunning. Lots of temperatures up into the 70s and lower 80s. Lots of sunshine, too. And out west, looks beautiful. We'll continue with the sunshine even warming into the mid-70s in the Pacific Northwest. And that's your latest forecast. So you guys know Ed Sheeran was here in New York. He had that copyright infringement Uh case here. He won that case. Coming up in Popstar, we're going to show you how Ed uses his guitar here on Howard Stern to show people how he won that lawsuit. Oh, Oh, yeah. He pulled it out right on the witness stand. Plus, guys, a new steals and deals filled with products to get you ready for a summer of travel. Should we go somewhere? Let's go. Let's go. Whether you're a morning person or a bedtime procrastinator, everyone deserves a mattress that works for their style. And you'll find the best mattress for you at Ashley. The new Temper Adapt Collection at Ashley brings you one-of-a-kind body-conforming technology, making every sleep tailored to be your best. The collection also features cool-to-the-touch covers and motion absorption to help minimize sleep disruptions from partners, pets, or kids. Shop the all-new Temper Adapt Collection at Ashley, in-store or online at ashley.com. Ashley, for the love of home.